what is the status then of, of volume three and who's on that if you can reveal and what's going on? Well, volume three and four and five um, are basically all simultaneously in the works. And I'm isolating which songs are going to go on to three right now and just getting the last little bit wrapped up on that. Um, I mean, all, all the materials there, um, most of the artwork is, is there and done. Um, yeah, it's, I'm hoping to have it out sometime before the end of the year. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. What, what, uh, what can you tell us about it stylistically or what else can you reveal about it, uh, John? I feel like this one's going to be our strongest yet. Um, there's a couple sessions that we did up at Studio 606 that were just magical days that we just really yielded some incredible material. Um, so let's see. There, there's a lot of new faces on them. Um, Lee Oscar from War, uh, Cynthia and Jerry from Sly and the Family Stone. Um, we're playing around now in the jazz world a little bit, with some of the monsters in that 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 world. Um, uh, Christian Sands, who's just an unbelievable pianist and keyboard player, is, is on it. Uh, Hadrian Ferro, uh, bass player. Uh, let's see, members of Jane's Addiction, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, The Meters again, P-Funk, Cool and the Gang. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a ton of people again. Well, Larry Dunn was on two, right? Larry was on two, yep, and he's on three. Larry, Larry's awesome. Yeah, he's great guy. Genius! Oh, my God. There, yeah. There's this track that I may put it on volume three. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what's going to happen with it, but it's a session that was Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction on the drums. He's sitting behind the kit in the live room and Larry Dunn arrives and Larry sees the grand piano on the other side of the live room, walks up to it, sits down and starts playing. And then Stephen starts playing. And the two of them go on this like musical odyssey for a few minutes that was just incredible. It was like, you know, it was truly seeing two musicians speak only with their instruments because they had never met before. They had never spoken to each other before, but they went on this incredible little, That's little great. thing. And, and we just happened to be rolling tape when it happened. And so we caught it. And there's like, yeah, it's about three minutes of, of really cool stuff happening. So. Wow. Well, you mentioned Lee Oscar, uh, who also has been on Truth and Rhythm, but, uh, you know, some of, in what we were talking about, I was thinking of war because they sort of famously, you know, when they were in their peak, they would just record forever. And then Jerry Goldstein or whoever would come in there and pick a snippet that this sounds like a good song. Yeah. And just kind of pull the diamonds out of that rough, you know? And it sounds like, you know, you do a bit of that. Absolutely. And with Lee's track in particular, we did that. Um, 
he gave us like, oh, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes of just vamping a couple takes through on one of the songs. And we went in and we found, we found some stuff and, and built it out of that. And it was so cool. Lee is awesome. Like it was so wild to see him set up his pedals. And then all of a sudden that harmonica sound that you just know is blasting through your earphones. And it's just like, whoa, that's Lee Oscar. Holy shit. <laughs> well, so you did all of these at one time or you've just kind of been holding some and got others. Yeah, it's been a whole, I, I, I basically, pan, well, I don't know if it was panic, but like, I was just like, I better hurry up and record a bunch of stuff right now while I've got the resources to be able to, to make that happen. So I, I went in and did about two years of just record, record, record with different variations of players. And, um, and instead of finishing up the, the stuff, I, I just wanted to build the, the foundations and then come back and, you know, slowly build up what needed to be built up. So there's, there's a surplus. <laughs> there's a there's a shitload of music <laughs> a lot and then it and again it's it's like these are some of the tracks that i'm the most proud of that haven't even come out yet um and i'm hoping i'm not saying that like i hear a lot of people say it's just because they're sick of hearing all their old shit and they think the newest stuff's the best work ever but like i i really hope that that it is um a shared opinion because I, I think the the dynamics amongst the players this go round was ripping. Like, there's some really really cool stuff. Like, you know, swimming up. Um, I don't know. It. it yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a big question. I mean, it should be an easy answer, but like. I think about Belita and I think about Gary and I think about Boogie and I think about Clifford Adams and I think about all these amazing people that are part of this community called funk. Mm -hmm. And those personalities that go with it, you know, their musicianship's one side, but their personality and their, their vibe is a whole nother side. Same thing with the, the fan base. It's it, it's not an easy question. It's a very broad question, really. So, I mean, it it changed my life. It changed my life. It's going to sound cliche. It saved my life. It gave me um, an outlet that was bigger than whatever was standing in the way to um, really dive into and and not only from an educational standpoint, but also just from uh, learning about myself and the people around me standpoint. I think we have another song concept there, John. Funk saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who are, uh, I don't know if, how you feel about naming names, but I'll ask, have there been any players that you like, thought you had or hoped to get that just fell through and didn't work out 
all the time. Like all names that we would know, you know. Names of names, yes. People, people that I never dreamed in a million years would even know my name. That are like, yeah, no call, no show, <laughs> or or whatever. I mean, it, it it gets you get to learn a lot about people during this process. Um, there's some people that there's people like right now that as we sit here and speak, I would love to be like, and guess what? I got the coolest shit ever to tell you. But I can't, because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get the call tomorrow and be like, bro, I'm out. So, so yeah, like, it, it, it's all the time. It's, it's a lot of yeses and nos. And being okay with that. How, how high do you shoot, though? I mean, would you, like, say even, like, try to pursue, like, a Stevie Wonder... Or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got I've got everybody's number. Like it, it's just a matter of me working up the nerve. Um, like right now, um, I am working up the nerve to hit Shaka Khan up. Like <laughs> you know, I've got her number. It's just I'm working up the nerve to, to hit her up because well, she's Shaka Khan. She did work with some new producers on her last record, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that they're on my list. I'd love to work with. There's a lot of people that are on my here. Here's, here's one that was awesome. Okay. So, um, shock G from digital underground. I gave shock a track five years ago and we were going to do it. And then we got talking and he's like, John, you know, I think I've said everything I need to say about funk for right now. I think I'm going to go off into this like kind of jazz place. Hit me up in like three years. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, cool. I'll hit you up in three years. It's like, it's an open invitation. Like, it's not like, hey, you know, if I, if I'm asking you to do this today and you can't like the never again, I mean, it's like, okay, well that track didn't work today. I'll get somebody else, and tomorrow I'm going to send you, you know, another track to check out and see if it works. Do you keep, like, a voluminous uh, tickle file of, you know, where you're at with a lot of people, or you just keep it up in your head? Or It's it's all up in my head. Like, I, I you know, I, I have other times that, that I'll forget. Like, I'll, I, had this, I had this time that I was, I must have spent, and, and there's times I've got access to different, people that I would love to to hit up, but I don't necessarily like the um, I'd rather go a different way about getting the contact. Like, I, I might not want to ask a favor. Um, so <laughs> I was looking for Sleepy Brown from Outcast's number for like two and a half years once. And I was scrolling through my phone to call my aunt who is also in the S's in my phone and sure shit there's Sleepy Brown's number I had it the whole time so it's like you know yeah wow Do you, for, you must uh, really guard safely your, your contacts list huh? yeah I don't, you know I, I, it's uh, yeah it's pretty guarded <laughs> So is there anyone out today um, 
that you're impressed with that's what they're doing musically yes um there are let me think of course the minute i go to think about who these people may be caliuchis um There's girl, um, yeah, there's, there's some players out there. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I, you, I, I don't listen to a lot of music when I'm in the album modes, just because it's like noise be, or silence becomes like the soundtrack. <laughs> um, so like, you know, there's definitely stuff out there that's that's super hip that I've, that I've heard recently that I dig. Do you, do you go to um, festivals, try and recruit, or just? No, nah, these days, like I'm a I'm an old man hermit. <laughs> I'm not on the road. I'm home, just chilling. Um, no, I I'll go to some festivals here and there, but the thing with festivals and shows and all that, and you know, for anybody that experiences kind of like you know maybe feeling like they got brushed off backstage or whatever it's like the the reality is shows and festivals are the worst places to try to do business like it's just never the right time to try to recruit or you know it's it's an okay time to get a phone number but at the end of the day these days it's easier just to get a, a phone number through a mutual friend. Um, I like to go to fest. Well, I, I guess, let me, let, me, let me back up and approach your question a little differently. I will go to festivals and I will watch acts that, you know, somebody might really stand out and then, yeah, I'll want to try to track them down at some point, you know? So I am looking for potential talent to bring into the fold but I'm not necessarily there on the job trying to make it happen there. Scouting, yeah. Um, have you had many uh, players approach you on their own? I have, and that, that's been very surprising too when you, there's people that I've grown up watching on TV that are hitting me up saying, why didn't you ask me to be part of it? I'm sitting there, because I didn't know you yet. Like, now that I know you, I'm going to give you a call. And that that part's always that part's mind blowing because it makes me feel really grateful that there's something that we've collectively put together that appeals to a lot of different people from my world, past, present, and so on that feel like it's it's something that they'd like to be part of or they. Um, yeah, they've got something to stay on. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of people like projects about everybody. It's not about, you know, I, I run the, the day in and day out operations, but the, it's never been about a spotlight on one person. It's always been about the sum of all the parts. And, you know, granted, somebody has to facilitate just the operations, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it is everybody. 
Do you compose at all yourself? Some. It's not. It's not my strong suit. Um, I. Yeah, I mean, I can. Um, not in any kind of like written theory form, but I could. Yeah, you know, I could write a song pretty pretty quickly. I mean, I don't know how great it would be, but <laughs> you know. Well, what what else do you sort of keep yourself busy with besides this project? Art. Art? Yeah, art. Um, it's pretty much the main other aspect of things. Um, years ago, I, I wound up with basically half of George Clinton's entire body of original artwork. And see that red guy up there? Yeah, George, yeah. That's a George piece, and uh, have a self-portrait over for them. George stuff all over, but um, yeah, and, and like collectibles and memorabilia and stuff like that. I, I was kind of a collector before I even came into the industry. Like I loved collecting music gear and famous owned stuff and so putting me like with access to all of it was the best damn worst thing to ever happen to me so you yeah. got like a storage facility full of stuff or how do you <laughs> oh man yeah there's there's all kinds of all kinds of craziness here this this base right here um so when i was like 14 i was uh, reading bass player magazine and i saw this a picture of an ovation five string bass um in this ad with norwood from fishbone in it and i was like oh i gotta get me one of those bases so i i searched for years and i missed one or two on ebay i think and then lo and behold a few years later i'm friends with norwood and we're chatting i'm like so hey man that ovation bass that you used to have you still got it He's like, yeah, man, I don't play it anymore. You want it? It's like, yeah, man, I'll buy that. And so, you know, I wound up with the bass from the ad, the one that was the exact one that I thought that I needed to have when I was, I was 14. So, it's, you know, little things like that, you know, come full circle and make it even more fun for me because there's elements that I can escape from that aren't the work part of, of the job that I can mess around in the other side of things, you know. That's very cool. One day there'll be a, a John Heinz uh, museum or something. Man, it's it, something needs to happen because I'm not allowed to face. You know, it's funny early, earlier in our talk when you mentioned that, I think you said at one point you traded your base for like a moped or something. Yeah. And, you were, and I remember um, at one point I traded, I think it was a, a slot car set I had for a guitar. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, totally. Um, so what's, uh, you got a bucket list here? Or I mean, there must be um, like a, um, what's that term they have for something that's extremely rare that you're trying to uh, make happen? Or um, Oh, my bucket list. Well, within the dynamics of the project or just in life or uh no no in, in terms of the project or otherwise musically well one of the bucket lists 
things I'm waiting for an answer on right now as we speak. So yeah, um, I would say I would like to just make it be a self-sustaining entity that can keep going. Like a bucket list would be for me not to have to come out of pocket for the project for just one year. For it to be like, for it to stand on its own, because it's taken, it's taken a long time to build the machine. Mm -hmm. it took a long time, and it was built to be able to be faceless in a lot of ways, and be able to lend as a space to be a place for musicians that weren't on the road to continue to earn while still performing you know, a place that everybody could um, pool resources and kind of serve as a hub. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot, a lot of what I set out to do with the project happened, and now we're in kind of the zone of, like, wow, this is really you know, kind of taken on a life of its own. So every moment is just like full of so much gratitude. So like in a lot of ways, the, the couple things I would still like are selfish. I mean, I'd love for the project to be recognized by, you know, the Grammy board or, you know, get a, an article in Rolling Stone, but that's all secondary. I mean, that, that's not why I ever got into it in the first place. It would be cool just because like somewhere down in my brain, like that's what, I don't know, people equate success in the industry to be. But like, I never expected it to be what it is. Um, I never expected it to have the number of people that are involved with it involved with it nor the caliber of people that are involved with it involved with it um so it's just you know for me to to put too much of a list on there i'm already living in an unlikely dream so it's just kind of like you know <laughs> yeah um How did you come up with the name? Did the name just come up by you, or was it a collaborative effort? Or? Um, it was it was a collaborative effort. Um, it was Derek, JP, and I kind of all sitting around. I, I don't remember. We were all just like throwing out little bits and pieces, and then it all came together. And and to be honest, the whole bong acronym that was totally on accident like it wasn't we had set out like okay well we're gonna name the band bong so let's figure out what words would like hide the fact that we're calling it bong it was nothing like that it was just like jp called me after like an eight hour business meeting i had just gotten back from his house i'm thinking what are you calling me about 
I can't we wait till tomorrow. He's like, dude. I'm like, what? He goes, have you written out the acronym yet? I'm like, no. He goes, write it out. I'm like, no. He goes, no, seriously, you got to write this out now. And I'm just sitting there like, B, O, shit. MG, yeah, this is like perfect. <laughs> like it couldn't have been any more fitting. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a combination of all of us with, with that one. That's crazy. It's um, like meant to be on that or something. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It was like at that moment, it was like, okay, we're on the right path. <laughs> what can uh, we expect to see in the, in, the, in the near future in terms of the taking it to the stage aspect? Well, let's see. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence right now about that. Like, if my publicist were here, she'd be like, shut the fuck up right now. But, like, it, it'd be, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I don't know. I don't know about it because with my health the way it is, with the recent diagnosis of the diabetes and all that, my ability to be on the road is not what it was. So I have to look at, um, can we put it on the road without me on the road in the very beginning for it to get the, the stabilization just as a moving entity, not, not as a, as a performance for the set, but just as like, as the business functioning on the road, whether it can be done, you know, with me home or, or whether, you know, I need to be out there for the, the very early stages of it. Um, so the wear and tear with that and the logistical whatever's with it has made me kind of take a step back and say, you know, it's always worked well as a, as an album project, you know, maybe, maybe it needs to just kind of stay home for a little longer while I kind of figure out what's going on with my health and figure out if, if I want it. It's always a goal. It was always something I really wanted to do, but uh, for me also, it's, it's such an enormous risk, like, because, like, I'm paying payroll no matter how many people are showing up at the show. So um, if something like, you know, like we spoke of with the, the Greenville show happening where nobody shows, and I'm still, you know, covering a full cost for that night, you know, pretty quickly I can get wiped out of the game. It's it's not like I'm sitting on, it's not like I'm independently wealthy and sitting on a pile of cash. Like if, if something happens and all of a sudden, you know, we take a $20,000 hit on the road, which can easily happen, um, you know, then I'm sitting there like figuring out well, where's that food going to come from that I just, yeah. Just well, so it's, it's it's a scary balance to to do and and it, it becomes an interesting thing like we had started talking about where the the club wants me to submit a lineup in advance and i don't know 
who's going to be in that lineup until maybe, you know, a month or so before the show, but they want to be able to promote six months out. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough one. I mean, it's going to happen, but like, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I, I had hoped to put it out more this year, but like, I feel like, I don't know if I can do both the album and the touring at the same time. Sure. It makes sense. I mean, I can totally t understand. You got to figure out where you're at as an individual with what's going on. And then also the project itself. And so, but you know, we hold out hope that eventually at least um, it can have some life out there on the stage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we took it out this last run, the bands felt great. It sounded what I thought was, was really good. Um, everybody enjoyed it that was participating in the band for it. I mean, all the, all the ingredients were there other than, you know, having a significant budget to fall back on the event of emergency. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Um, it, Finances play a big role in whatever you're going to do. You know, that's just the bottom line, no matter how uh, pure the intent or how creative the musical endeavor is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you've broke out of the constraints that so many are, you know, bound by to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just great. Like you said, so many artists just want to do it because they want to get a break sort of from that whole treadmill you know, what the industry is. So um, that's really what's a lot, a big part of what's so great about the project, I think. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, while you're talking, I had one other question that I got to try to, oh yeah. So look, at, we've only heard two volumes. So out of those two volumes, which track is your favorite or are you most proud of? Is there one? There's a couple for different reasons. I would say the one that I'm most proud of is It's So Hard to Go, because I wrote the majority of that one kind of in the moment, and it was based off of... Um, it was based after a baseline that I was trying to figure out. I believe it was 311's Come Original that... I was trying to figure out Peanuts' baseline. I just couldn't figure it out. And this other weird baseline came of it. And this is going back like to like when I was 16, 17, right? And so here we are in the New Orleans session. And that baseline popped in my head. I started playing it. And then all of a sudden, like everybody else started chiming in. And all of a sudden, it became a song. And, a, and, and for me, an enjoyable song. And then at the end of it, you know, when Derek came up with the lyrics with It's So Hard to Go and we were all standing there in the room and the vocalists were basically singing it back to the band after we had riffed on the, the parts. That yeah that was pretty special and then when we were tracking the group vocal for that we were all standing around like one microphone with 
I think one set of earphones. George was in the, um, he was in the main room. He comes out, he's like, man, it's like we are the world up in this shit. And then, like, <laughs> and then walks up and starts getting into it with us. And it was just like, holy shit. It was, it was, it, it, it was special because it was all of us. Mm. We were all together. Even people that were not musicians on the album are singing on that. Like everybody who was in that room, whether it was uh, significant other, friend, photographer for the session, then whoever was there singing and part of it. And that, that to me, because it's the project is about, it's a we thing. It's very much a we thing. And when, when the greater we can be <laughs> together and doing it all together, then that's to me the most special times. But the horns really drive that one too. Yeah, that one. It, yeah, that one just went really well to a big build. And now it's gotten weird when we do that live. Like Derek's been turning into like some kind of like funk revival and like baptizing people in the name of funk and turning it into like this crazy, almost like church moment where people are singing and dancing and acting crazy it's <laughs> it's quite a sight <laughs> so, so is that when you and there's one other one um or is that it that i mean that one that one for me is the the one that probably is the most special and it sounds like really fully encapsulates the yeah. whole thing that you were sort of after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's, there's stories attached to other songs that, you know, are very meaningful, but I think, yeah, I think that's the one. I like creatures of habit too. That one's, that one's just, that, but again, that's another one where it's just like, you know, the big group vocal where it's just like, you got a lot of people up on this track. Yeah, well, that one, I mean, they're on there, but it certainly has Fishbone influence on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's one, if I heard it, you know, I'd be like, Fishbone's got to have something to do with that. Yeah. 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 Which is not a bad thing at all. No, no. It was, it was fun to see them. I hadn't seen them in so many years. And I saw the uh, One Nation show in North Carolina over the summer with P Funk and uh angelo and you know the current version of fishbone uh norwood that was there which was cool um and galactic um great show and fantastic show well i think uh we've about covered everything john yes no this was a blast i'm glad we were able to connect and i thank you so much for this hey thank you so much for your patience you know uh viewers and listeners don't know, but we did have a, a couple of uh, challenges. I think, uh, you know, christening the new year, technically. <laughs> yeah, we got together. We made it happen. Nothing can stop stop the funk. Man, yeah, this was uh, such a pleasure. I wish you great luck, um, continuing success, and, you know, keep us in the loop when the, when the volume 
three's coming and whatever else is happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get maybe get you a sneak peek of it. I don't mind. <laughs> hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the funkinstuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also drop me a line, email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show the true music lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.